All right, we both <laughs> used the bathroom. We are ready for this. We're ready. Final season of Game of Thrones. Is this it? This is it. Are we recording? This are we talking? It. Are we doing the podcast? I hope everyone has had a really exciting Sunday night. We had a, a live stream just before this episode, and we've been doing nothing but talking about all of this. For the- I, <laughs> I cannot stop smiling. Nonstop. I've just been sitting here smiling for like, I can't believe we're here. This is it. We happened. We just finished watching the episode literally like six minutes ago. It ended. Wasn't it like 18 or 20 months since the the last season aired since season it's seven been a really long time closed its pages it feels so good to be back it feels so good to be back we were sitting next to each other watching the episode just like hitting each other <laughs> like in the first two seconds of it starting like this is actually happening we're actually watching new game of thrones we are down one episode in season eight we've seen reunions we've seen daenerys targaryen at winterfell we've seen Jon snow ride a dragon <laughs> Jon snow rode a dragon Arya and john have been reunited john knows who he is what? this is i don't even know i know we say this every episode i do not know where to start right now because okay well i know where to start <laughs> go for it go for it First impressions, overall, hot take. What is your gut reaction to this episode? Okay, the Game of Thrones looks really good, always. And we were just talking recently on, I think, maybe our last episode together and also most of today and just about a good handful of things about the last season, about the series overall. It's all kind of blending together, as I'm sure it is for everyone at home that are answering like the, the, the same questions over tables of guacamole and different lemon kinds cakes. of pretzels and lemon cakes <laughs> and going over all their death pools yeah uh what is game of thrones what's going on with game of thrones what will this final season be and so far my first impression is it looks like pretty good yeah it looks really good and it's dark but it's not as dark as it used to be mm-hmm. it's dark and it's light at the same time. There's a lot of smiles in this episode. There's a lot of smiles in this episode. Things are pretty bad. If you guys remember what happened at the end of season seven, the White Walkers made it through the wall. And we've been dreading that moment since the prologue of A Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. We've also been anticipating that moment since the end of season two. Yeah. We're like, okay, this looks like an army. They're marching pretty hardcore. Yeah. That was the end of season seven. And we have another episode now where we haven't seen the army of the dead, but we have seen an insane moment of a child being impaled on a wall with that- body parts <laughs> of meat showing the symbology of the White Walkers. Like, really want to drill into our heads one last time. I There's hated that weird so much. imagery and. Yeah. We were just talking in that live stream before the we uh, watched the episode tonight about the possibilities of where the showrunners are going with George R. R. Martin's story, whether or not they're diving into some of the magical realms that we hope are going to be explored in The Winds of Winter and mm-hmm. Dream of Spring. And just like an answer from the heavens, maybe there's a promise in these next five episodes, this scene with Tormund and Beric and who else was there? Dollar said. Yeah. It's hard to remember because all I can think about is and that the rest spiral of burning on the people. wall. Yeah. And how quickly Beric Dondarrion lit his sword. It was pretty unbelievable to see that. Yeah. That I- was definitely a reminder at the end of this very big episode. Of reunions. And yeah. All of our and like friends feelings back together. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, everyone's here. This is the underlying yeah. kind of magic that's going on. So, man. What did you think? <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know what to think. I mean, my initial, like, I'm really hyped up right now. My initial. Sansa, go into Sansa. I don't want to go into Sansa. (laughs) My initial, like, gut feeling how I feel coming out of that episode is thrilled. Right now, in this moment, I feel really excited. There's a lot of things that I didn't necessarily expect to happen in episode one. Like, I'm kind of surprised that John found out who he is in episode one. I don't know why I'm surprised by Mm -hmm. that. I just thought it might come a little bit later. But now that I've seen it, it makes sense that Mm -hmm. it would happen right here, right now. They don't got a lot of time, and the army of the dead could come crashing any minute. But I was kind of surprised that that happened so early. Um, John and Arya, or Arya seeing John in the first like oh 30 seconds gosh. of this episode. Oh my god! I was freaking out when she can see him, but he can't see her. Oh that was god. a moment. And the whole mirroring of um, Robert Baratheon arriving to yes. Winterfell yeah. in the first season. Yeah. And you were saying something about the music. Yeah, the score, The King's Arrival, which we've used behind some of our episodes and seasons past behind the owns on the second episode of the week that we have in the mm-hmm. on season. Um, by the way, thanks everyone for sending in your owns tonight. We're we loving just it. started recording and we saw it all coming in. And my little brother is actually retweeting the owns for everyone tonight. We were like, <laughs> we have to you. start recording immediately. Yeah. We have to start recording immediately. Anyway, uh, um, what was I saying? The music. Oh, uh, we used that song, The King's Arrival, that Ramin Javadi, the composer of Game of Thrones, who was kicking so much ass so far in this oh season, and sort of revisiting old things in a simpler way, making us feel like nostalgic already yeah. in the first episode. He did that with this track, The King's Arrival, and uh, just opened it up and put more instruments. And I think sonically, it just like it's very clear that the budget is much higher and that everyone that's working on this is like really excited and really, I think just excited to show us what they have what they've put what they've put together for the final season the cgi and the dragons has definitely went up a level that look i've never i don't think i've ever really thought about the personality of her dragons as much as when Rhaegal was looking at john yeah that was really cool yeah it they, was they very nailed cool. that mm-hmm. they really nailed that yeah and i was at first i thought we were going to come on here and start talking some shit about that dragon oh, sequence yes because at first and i will talk some shit about that dragon <laughs> sequence at first which is not very fun but every, i think everybody who's listening probably feels the exact same way yeah they like i said just totally like eventually later in that sequence i feel like redeemed themselves For sure. what do you think you think so? Yeah, I think that... You should probably well, tell everybody what you thought about it at first, because I could tell just by your body language and just like the scoff or what you said something, like really or something like that. It, and it kind of reminded me of the... Uh, you're like checking your notes. Like, well, I got to <laughs> remember what I was feeling. That's why I take so many notes. It reminded me of Harry flying away oh with the fireball. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was really? thinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't think that the beginning was... I didn't... Okay, I liked the beginning... When he comes She's up, talking to- about the dragon flight, by the way, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when he first like comes up to the dragon. Yeah. And Danny's like, "You should get on." And he's like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" And she's like, kind of giggling a little bit that we don't really see with Daenerys. I thought that, that was kind of cool. I didn't mind that. Like, then he gets on, and then he's flying on it, and I felt I <laughs> like mean- <laughs> I don't know. Accurate, they showed us it would be freaky. It'd yeah. be like riding a roller coaster, but like, you know how scared you feel when the latch gets a little loose or something on a roller coaster? And you're like, yeah. oh, this is the this is the ride I either shit my pants or die. Right. John had that experience the whole time, except he was there was no like 
he didn't wait in line. There's no one like engineer who put right. it together for him. He hasn't been riding roller coasters all his life. He just went strapless in the sky. Like I don't think we've really thought about how crazy that it's is. It's crazy. Enough. Well, yeah, and like absolutely he, insane. He gets off like trying to show Daenerys that he like wanted to take her to the swaggy waterfall, but you know he was yeah. just done. He was yeah. like, I need to get off this now. Oh God, how about how she was just like right before he gets on the the dragon, she basically gives him an ultimatum: like either get on that dragon or this whole romance thing ends swiftly. Thing, I now that I I didn't hate any of it. Yeah, I was like ready to not love John and Daenerys's interactions with each other. Like to be straight up honest with you, mm-hmm. after last season and some of like the cave scene and like I was just kind of ready to hate it. But I kind of liked it in this episode a little bit because I like Daenerys as this. We've never really seen her in this almost giggly, smiley. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see her in that way. And they're like kind of PDAing as they're walking through Winterfell. And it brings, and Sansa brings up an amazing point of, are you in love? Like, did you do this for the North or did you do this because you love Danny? It brings this interesting thing in. I'm all over the place. All of this to say, I was expecting to be a hater for yeah. that. And, I, and I'm not as much in this moment a I hater. I feel exactly the same. So... Yeah, I think that it was because Amelia Clark just kicked so much ass, and mm-hmm. it was just like what that felt like. Daenerys got a whole new like spectrum of emotion. It's like they were like, "All right, this is the final season. Maybe we're gonna rush a little bit of the, the warmth that she's gonna show just toward her life in general." Yeah, not to mention Jon Snow, but just toward her life. What do you think is the the deal behind that? Like, what what do you think that they're? Do you think that it's the it's a casualty of like the same thing with fast travel in the show, or do you think that it's the product of, or do you think like it's a little bit of that, like they've had to speed it up a little bit, but also a genuine product of Daenerys, like finding some kind of a rhythm she's with what love. she's doing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to say it in like a non. No, I mean she's like way. they're in love, and you can see it just like in the yeah. way that they. So I, th- all of that warmth I think is just coming from. When is the last time both of them had a peer like that? Daenerys never. And it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Vigret when they were by the waterfall. And she was oh. like, let's stay here forever. Oh and it had like gosh. kind of this flashback in my mind of John's conversation before. And I almost was like, is John going to say something <laughs> like to or, mirror that conversation? Or will, will Danny say something? Like, yeah. I wish we could have stayed at that waterfall yeah. on top of that Well, mountain. she kind of does a little bit. She's like, we could stay here for the next 1,000 yeah. years kind of thing. So I don't know. I think... They're in love, and it adds this rosy tone to the end of the world, which I think is kind of interesting. And I think, like I said, Sansa brings up a great point that John needs to wrestle with, which is, does he love Danny or does he want to save the North? But So you believe that rather than giving us a really grittily realistic representation of how desperate everything would truly be, that this sort of what you just described that what's going on with John Daenerys is the better way to do it. I think that it can, I'm, I think both can, it can be done both ways. Hmm. Are you kidding me? I'm totally one of those people who would absolutely fall in love at the end of the world. Like I would totally be you, one of those people, to, right? you know, or like the desperate, down. yeah. Like it's like this <laughs> desperate time and emotions are running high. And so to me, it's not like a one or the other type of thing to uh, me. It's, just adding this sense of humanness that we haven't seen from John or Daenerys quite as often. Humanness maybe isn't the right word. Softness that I don't necessarily hate. Dialing it back, 
we see a lot of like not softness from Danny towards Sansa, which is something that we need to get, get into. What do you think? But um, we're at Winterfell. My like overall hot take on the Sansa Daenerys thing is exactly what I was talking about in our live stream beforehand is I fear for this season a cattiness that is unnecessary. I 100% agree with what Sansa is saying about the fact that John goes to Dragonstone, falls in love with this beautiful woman, and then comes back guns a-blazing in his Jon Snow way, you know? And then Sansa's like, like... In his Jon Snow way, I think it's fair, because it was like know? blazing in a very subtle, I didn't do this Yeah, exactly. Way. And Sansa's like, how are we going to feed these people? Yeah. I didn't know about any of this kind of stuff. I'm trying to run Winterfell. We don't have food. Mm. What am I supposed to do? Why didn't you consult me kind of thing? And I think Sansa is much more practical mm. than Jon is. And so... Um, I think that there's a very genuine, realistic conflict there. I just hope that they don't boil it down to Sansa and Daenerys being catty. And it's, and I don't think they're being catty, but you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly what you're saying. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, I mean, they put all those moves in there for a reason. You know, like the camera plays on their face a little longer. Mm -hmm. Sophie Turner looks at Millie Clark with that look and they're like, "Mm." like, that's all part of what they're, it's like outside of the the door in uh, the home episode in season six when you're hearing stuff and like there's stuff going on inside and the uh the the night's watch guys who killed john are like trying to break in they're getting closer and closer and it's, it's like everything's perfectly happening at the right times and then up oh, just as the door was about to get bursted open something happens in the room yeah like they're they're making this show at another level than what we're used to seeing mm-hmm. and uh i think that even more so than i mean we, we've only just seen it we're recording right after <laughs> yeah and uh you know it's really hard to take every particular detail in and really process that's what later of this week is for right but my overall take was that their awareness of how to dial in those moments the 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 pacing of storytelling in the medium of picture and moving picture and movies and in tv shows that's really what you're doing as a director a director Mm -hmm. is responsible for putting that sensory experience from from like micro moment to micro moment now from the looks that they're giving each other to the little sound like little fluty little sound that is looking when she's looking yeah that's all meant to play with your head 100 and to put your mind in the right place and so that's the plan what you're talking about with sansa and danny like you're talking about it like oh unfortunately it came up and i wonder how it's gonna go but they made that plan like so they want you to question it like this right and so the question is why why do they want you to feel that way What's going on with Sansa and Danny that we can glean from this week to the next week? Because this isn't a Netflix show and it's not all piled out at once. Like part of the fun that we're all going to have together is this conversation only for the next week because we're going to get a bigger answer next week. We're going to learn more Mm -hmm. about their relationship and potentially because we've seen the momentum that the White Walkers are gaining. I'm not sure what momentum that is. They said that they're marching between Castle Black and Winterfell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or, that they're, or, or was it Eastwatch in Castle Black that they wherever met? Tormund and them are, the White Walkers are between them and Winterfell. I'm pretty sure. We probably have it all happened so fast. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll know. We'll know soon after recording this. We'll but, be smart later, <laughs> right? So between they're either between Eastwatch and Castle Black. I'm not sure if they're referring to. Because they said they're between where you are in, in, yeah. in Winterfell, or where you were in Winterfell, or, or we are in Winterfell, yeah. I think. But um, and then they've, they've got that um, 
what we talked about at the top of the episode, they've got that symbol burning and the warning and all of the foreboding that that causes. But the actual momentum that they have is, I don't know, I'd say it's about the same as it was last season, right? Yeah. Just that they're on the way and right. we've got all this Because we haven't seen them. Right. And so it's, it's hard to gauge what that looks like. Yeah. What do you think, though, to circle back a little bit? About your question about Sansa and Daenerys, what it means. I'm not sure. Yeah, we. I think that Danny is, while she is sort of blooming into a person that we, this is this is what happens in the story, and I always get worried because, like, Marcella will tell Jamie, I know that you're my dad. I've always known. I think it's a really good thing. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, how did the story, how did life itself allow this moment to happen? It doesn't mean that it has to be canceled out in nature and planetos by a, a negative effect but all this good stuff that's happening meanwhile danny and sam yeah and wait why, that was also yeah. orchestrated in the show why did sam i mean i understand we understand that his father and his brother who is not as responsible for the negativity in sam's life as his dad randall and he's a really handsome guy that was in Harry Potter. He's mm. Cormac Lagan. So, mm-hmm. you know, no Love one wants him. that person to die. That's terrible. Of course, he would be heartbroken about it. But I was what about that reaction? I was surprised that he reacted that strongly to mm. it. I mean, you asked me before the episode, I'm going to say, and I think I did say, that he might almost <laughs> thank her. <laughs> Not thank, but you know what I mean? That he would, he reacted, and this is me misreading Sam, but I just felt like after everything Sam had been through with his family and his last couple interactions with his father, especially that them passing, yeah, that them passing would be something that was sad and upsetting, but that he, in his mind, he had already been cut off from his family. Like he had already made that decision that things, and maybe he had hoped that he would be able to reconcile in some other time and place. But I was a little bit surprised about how intensely he reacted really well acted too. So, oh my gosh, when he's having that conversation with John and he can't even get his words out right, unbelievable! It was really, really well acted. So I thought, and I thought that it John played. Bradley. Shout out John Bradley. Yeah, I thought it really played very nicely into the segue of telling John who he is. Like just the emotion that was carried over from this conversation right. with Danny, and he's stumbling and he's stressed and he has to tell his best friend who hasn't seen. That she killed my dad and my mom and my dad and my mom. <laughs> she killed my dad and my brother. <laughs> For and good hey, measure, he went back, she went back and killed the mom <laughs> and the sister. And hey, by the way, like you have a more legitimate um, claim to the throne, which just builds from everything that like the North has been saying behind their eyes as John has arrived. I, just, I thought it was a very, very well done culmination at the end of the episode. Crazy. Yeah. And we spent time in the crypts in the first episode. We're talking about all the parallels, and there's going to be a ton of them, I'm sure, throughout the rest of the season. But we uh, talked about time in the crypt, and we had this sort of equally explosive moment in the crypt. I mean, equally as completely inaccurately, much more explosive to us because we've spent so much time. But maybe Robert and Ned were having some emotions down in the, in the crypt in the first season. But It was not nearly as heated no. as it was in this moment. But it was uh, the same the same like storyline, though. The mm-hmm. same stuff, the same idea, the same moments. Like Ned was thinking about the same things that John was thinking about in that moment. And soon after, when he said bye to John and made that promise that he was not able to keep about the next time they see each other, I'll tell you all about your mother. 
Yeah. Uh, just and th- here he's it thinking is. the same stuff. And yeah, and there's the answer right there. Here it is in front of Ned's statue. And as he, John, the thing that's most upsetting to him is that he was lied to by, he says, my dad, the most honorable man I ever knew. He lied to me my whole life. It's hmm. like the foundation. John is literally shook. I hate saying the word shook. That's all I can think of, though, in this moment is like <laughs> he's literally shook. Like he doesn't know what is up or down. And I can only imagine the 10 million questions that go through his head. And first and foremost, as he mentions his dad or who he thinks his dad is, Ned, and what that means for their relationship. Yeah, that's a a strong moment for for him to come back with after like processing the information. He's like, what do I say to Sam? He's like, so are you saying... And immediately moving to, you know, just kind of displacing some of that emotion. So it's like Man. we didn't get the full the full payoff. You know, get, didn't get him to, to like really say it or talk about it or acknowledge it to everyone. But that was a really cool moment. It and was there was a so couple powerful. of those in this episode. It might just be because it was off for so long. I'm I'm trying not to be too overly bought into the hype. I know, but I'm really so... accurately portray my feelings right now. <laughs> I said that to you in the middle of the episode. I was like, I am fully bought into everything yeah, that's did. happening. You did. But I, I really do think that we'll walk away from this John and Sam moment and say that was an incredibly strong takeaway. And that, to me, sitting here in this moment, John could not have found out about who he is in a better space by a better person in a better moment like i just feel like it was really isn't it funny how that really works well out well done like it's I'm also really important. pleased that was this whole episode like when jamie arrived in winterfell at the end of the episode my my overall thought just running through my head processing all this information was this is normal now yeah no matter how you like it yeah I remember the last time you came here. Yeah. But this is normal now. Yeah. And look around. It's normal for everybody else, too. And this is today. And there's Bran. <laughs> and Bran's weird little mouth movement. <laughs> it's like, it's so hard to read what Bran is thinking. And Bran's spacing out on Bran's some seen everything. serious mushrooms. He's just sitting there going, uh, like processing <laughs> the universe in real time. There's so many moments in this episode where there was something Bran said that made me laugh so hard and i can't remember what it is but um there's some moment that brand says something classic brand that made me classic laugh. brand oh it's um <laughs> this is it it's when it's in the very beginning of the episode when john and daenerys arrive and they see sansa and they're having this like moment and sam's like we don't have time for this or not sam brand's oh, like brand. we don't yeah. have time for this i'm yeah. like shut up brand that was kind of real though <laughs> it is kind of real but it was it. just so funny my first thought when when uh not my first one of my first thoughts i guess these are all first thoughts i don't know what i'm talking about during the king uh the the king and queen arrival uh, and we start with that little kid, and those are nice little like, "Hey, welcome back to the world." And it's been it. a while, you know. This kid is not kin to Ollie. We swear. We chat. <laughs> uh, was that like y'all are? This is like a very fancy procession for you know. John and Daenerys got together in that fateful, fateful watercraft because of the horrible shit that went down beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. Period. That's yeah. why they got together, yeah. and about how close they were that they forged when she reached for him. And uh, Viserion was taken down by the Night King and then raised, which and she, she found out Jan- John about. was dead. And- all that shit. Yeah. All, all of it. That's why we're here. Yeah. And when we got there, it was like, check out these like this royal couple. It's like, 
Queen Ali Sands visiting the North and Sansa's Alaric Stark, you know, like, yeah, it was, but we're in the middle of the war, yeah, the war. And so I'm a little overall, that's one of the things I was wondering when I asked you earlier, what do you think's better? Because overall, I'm, I'm usually geared toward the Euron Greyjoy blowing the, the horn in the high tower, talking to Emmett all the time, dark shit. Mm hmm. Just because I feel like that's the thing, mm -hmm. not because I hope it to be the thing, but it just seems like with all these notes along the way with the shadow baby, with the kind of notes along the way the show was really mirroring with the the way the White Walkers were so mysterious, definitely not like the dragon scene. Right. I wondered, or I just knew that that was the overall plan. Hard home was like another like really like big, like, hey, by the way, your thoughts are right. It's going to pay off. Everyone at home that's feeling that way, like your patience is going to pay off. Keep having your parties. Keep eating your lemon cakes. Keep having a lot of fun. But we're going to burn a symbol in the wall, right? Mm -hmm. That's not how it went, really. But that brand thing is kind of like it cutting across. It's like it's like a, a shot across the bow of the ship. Like I know that we're having this this fancy. This is music and like Arya smiling. Like yeah. she's even reflecting on how this is just like when they showed up when yeah. I was a kid. And look at that kid. Yeah. He's like me. Yeah. He's almost like that time I saw that play where they were also <laughs> yeah. doing right. a play of the people that I knew about. This is so crazy. Yeah. Right. She was kind of like not really thinking about how she just killed Baelish. I guess that wouldn't matter much to her. And But it just seems like I know they have to arrive somewhere. I know they have to be somewhere. But it just seemed like they weren't really post the wall being knocked down. I think that, well, I mean, this is a very morbid. And she's like hugging him. And this like, is a very said morbid. They're flirting in the yard and stuff. Yeah. The wall just came down. And she just lost a dragon. This is like a very morbid um, parallel. But like, you know, when you go to a funeral of somebody in your family and it's like a family reunion. It's like a very sad and somber time, but it's also weirdly kind of like a celebration because you're all getting together and you haven't seen each other in a long time. And like, you feel like you have something to live for now, you know, hmm. to me, it almost feels like that. Like it's a reminder that they all, they have these bonds and they're all here together. And it's a very intense time. And it's a reminder that they have something to fight for. Like, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Arya's down with Gendry and he's forging all of these weapons and they're kind of having this weird, awkward, I don't know how I feel about it, flirty moment. Mm. It's like, this is why I want to save the world as it is because my friend Gendry, we've been through hell and back and I want to be able to be his friend. Like, or with Tyrion and Sansa talking about how they both have survived and everything that they've been through kind of looking at each other in this moment. It's... I think it's a really it sets a really interesting tone of let's remember how far we've come so that we can use that to push us through. Because if they're all showing up angry and upset and intense, where's the fun in that? Like we might as well all just die right now. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how I see it. But yeah, no, but I'm... I get what you're saying in this are people not paying attention to this very terrible, genuine thing, but I think that there can be both. They've gone through so much that they they would try to be as alive as they could in these moments. They're right? with their they're all finally with people that they trust. Yeah. And it's it hasn't ever been that way before. And so the stakes are really high, but they're doing it so cliche and cheesy. They're doing it together, you know? <sighs> and so they've all you know, Sansa's not in her on her own in King's Landing and John's not on his own at the wall, like surrounded by enemies. God, I know it's ragtag and it's really tough. 
and like Jamie looks way less handsome. I guess depending on who you ask. Yeah, but he does look a little bit less handsome. Yeah, he's but not dep- as polished. Depending on who you ask, though. Yeah, true. Depending on who you ask, Some and people, depending on what time of day it is. That's you know? true. That's true. <laughs> if it's like near nightfall, then he looks just fine. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. But if it's morning, you gotta clean up that a little bit. Yeah, it's the morning. It's like you look like you've been out all night, sir. He's like, I have been. That's really interesting to me. I really liked the small scenes that we got of Winterfell, everybody in the mud prepping. Because to me, that yeah. like uh, there's stuff going on, but there's also stuff going on. Yeah. You know? So. That was so cool when Tyrion and Varys and who's the third person? When they were on the on the battlements and they were talking about John and Danny, and they were looking down at John and Danny. Davos. It was, it was Davos, yeah, 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 yeah. When they were standing there, and uh, I forget who it was. It was, I think it was Davos or Ver. God, we need to watch this again and again. Um, who, who was like, you know, they don't want to listen to a bunch of old guys yeah. like us. And Tyrion's like, hey, hold I'm on. I'm not old. <laughs> Davos is though. There was a couple funny moments that landed really well. God, stressful. Yeah, stressful. It's like Tyrion's like, wait a second. Um, <laughs> I'm not an old guy yet. <laughs> not only am I not the guy that's in the the boat room yeah. as I'm standing out in here wondering what are they doing in there. That can't be good. But I'm the old guy. Yeah. Damn it. He's like, damn it. <laughs> Shit. I'm the old guy, man. My friends, Varys. It really be like that sometimes. God, it really do be like that. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sonos. The experts at Sonos work with renowned producers, mixers, and artists to meticulously design every speaker from the inside out, combining best-in-class woofers and tweeters with proprietary software. The result is an immersive listening experience and brilliant room-filling sound. Sonos TruePlay puts the speaker tuning capability of the recording pros in the palm of your hands, optimizing the speaker sound for the unique acoustics of your room. Room, room, room. Sonos' home theater also includes speech enhancement mode to clarify the sound of the human voice, perfect for when characters whisper or the action intensifies, which I feel like is a complete must in these episodes. 100%. The speech separation that I get from the sound bar is ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm like, this, that's not fair. Like, how come they don't just mix the audio like that already, where the volume of the TV scales, you know what I mean, where things are just automatically balanced? It needs to just be that way. Simply turn it on in the Sonos app and never miss a minute of the story. Sonos works with all your streaming services and is easy to control with the Sonos app, your TV remote, AirPlay 2, your voice, and Amazon Alexa or the touch panel. You can also use it when they say AirPlay 2. What that means is, oh my gosh. <laughs> you made my made echo Alexa, go off. <laughs> made Alexa go off. When it, what that means is when you press the uh, like the speaker selection button on your iPhone, it just pops up as one of those speakers. So it just works seamlessly, with, seamlessly with your iPhone if you have an iPhone. Sonos speakers and components work seamlessly together, making it easy to customize your sound system and expand when you're ready. Simply connect Sonos over Wi-Fi and enjoy listening in every room. So for this season of Game of Thrones, I got not only a new TV, but I also upgraded my sound in a big way. And so we actually are able to watch the episode without <laughs> blown out speakers. And it, I just, I guess I didn't realize what I was missing. I've tried to tell you. I've never been like a quote unquote sound person, but 
I should have listened to you a long time ago because this completely changed the game for me. So thank you, Sonus, for sending us a beam, but also uh, thanks for sponsoring the episode and letting everybody know about this because this is, a, I feel like, an important part of the the home theater experience. It's actually it was one of the best parts of the, uh, the season five IMAX experience where those last two episodes were put in the theater. Yeah. And when you have a big TV screen and you have sound that is separated and with this product it pushes it around your room and creates a surround sound experience without having all those speakers put around your room it's just like it's just i feel like it's way too fancy for normal people yeah. like us but it's not anymore <laughs> it's really not that's, and it hooks cool. up to my echo and i'm a sucker for anything like that yeah so that's awesome so thanks so much to sonos for sponsoring the show and you can go to sonos.com to order your sound system today that's s-o-n-o-s.com Today's podcast is sponsored by ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork right to your door. All ButcherBox meat is free of antibiotics and hormones and humanely raised on open pastures. This month, ButcherBox is offering the ultimate breakfast bundle. This includes two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage, all free in your first box. Their bacon is some of the best bacon you'll ever have. It's Whole30 approved, uncured, nitrate and sugar free. The sausage is a healthy, authentic version of a classic style pork sausage, simply seasoned with salt, pepper and sage. Right now, new members will get two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage added to your first box for free. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box. Go now while supplies last as this is a limited time offer. I've done a ton of different meal delivery boxes, but I've never done one specifically for meat before. And it was such a cool experience to have it show up to my door. Zach and I are really into sous vide these days, if you guys <laughs> don't know what everything. that is. And this was has been a really fun time for me to experience with a bunch of different meats that I don't usually buy at the grocery store. And they're super high quality. And so... That's the key right there, man. Yeah, I feel like a master chef now. If I have the option, I'm always going to go for high quality grass-fed meat. It's not always on the table but when you're ordering from a service like butcher box that hand curates all of this stuff and makes it easy to deliver right to your door it definitely makes the process a lot easier and encourages me to eat a lot healthier which is pretty good when something is made easy for me totally you know what i mean 100 percent. so that's that's really cool also i love breakfast i think getting just getting pounds of meat and bacon for free is is a gift that I never thought that I could experience through the mail before, <laughs> but it's a, I think it's a purely transcendent experience. Get the ultimate breakfast bundle. That's two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage for free in your first box, plus $20 off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash owns or enter promo code owns. That's butcherbox.com slash O-W-N-S or promo code O-W-N-S. Thanks, ButcherBox. Um, Man, that's that's rough. Can we? What did you a, want to talk about? What was it? I wanted to pivot a little bit towards King's Landing. Okay, I have a couple of questions for you. Are they Kyburn related? <laughs> they can be. Um, my question is, what do you think? Let's talk about King's Landing. Impressions of what Cersei's doing. You're on first Greyjoy. off the lighting in the throne room. They've they've the show's been. We've talked about it increasing in polish over the years and in scale. But just the dynamic lighting this time to really show all that depth. There was like lots of good use of fire and like it just seemed like a really big 
place. Yeah. I don't know. That's all. You're like, all right, cool. But what happened? No, I, think it, I like it when you point that kind of stuff out. I don't notice it as much as you do. Well, I mean, just look at it. You got this huge TV now. So like, I you got definitely a new TV for Game of Thrones. Hannah changed her TV size by at least 30 inches. Well, I had like a 30 inch TV and now I have a 50 inch TV. So like 20 inches. I had then. a 30 inch TV that I bought off a college kid for $5. On the street, ago. right? Like <laughs> yeah. on the street? It was old when I bought it eight years ago. He was throwing it away and he still charged you for it? <laughs> I gave him, yeah, I gave him five bucks. That's good. That's fair. He needed like bus money or something, I'm sure. What? That TV's gone. I have a new one. That's anyway. Good. Anyway, so it's bigger and more detailed and that's kind of a given. But I really think that they did a good job. Yeah. And damn, Cersei's got some stuff going on. Cersei, okay, one of my all-time favorite moments of this episode is when Euron is begging, begging, begging. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then she starts to walk down the hallway and she turns to him and just gives him a look. And he's like, yes. Yeah. God, what a scumbag. <laughs> it was so funny. They deserve she's each like, other. All right. I'm just going to whatever. Man. It's hilarious. What do you make of that? What do you make of, of I mean, I don't want to color it. Because like I, what I want to say is, what do you make of her mistakes that have caused this to happen? Just in general, though, like what? Do you believe this Euron thing is happening for? Well, I mean, and I also want to talk about Braun. So put a pin in that in your brain. Um, To me, it's wild to see, even wilder, to see Cersei with Euron Greyjoy in King's Landing having these little moments where she talks, where he's like, I'm going to put a prince in your belly. And he's doing all this like weird Jack Sparrow type of stuff. Yeah. It's so wild to see all of that playing out as we're in Winterfell and Jon Snow's riding a dragon and finding out who he is. You know, it feels like what Cersei's doing is even sillier than it was before because the stakes are even higher and higher and higher and she's just... Doing the same old bullshit. With, yeah, the same stuff that she's been doing with the same types of people. Same types. You know, it's really, <laughs> it's really interesting. And even though... I will say, throwing Harry Strickland into the mix and her being disappointed about the elephants not being there, I right. was like, wow, same. Right. Super disappointed right. that we're not going to see any elephants. But, I mean, what? Do, what's your take on... What's, I mean, is your take different than that? Like, what do you... How do you feel about... Well, I feel like Harry, Harry Strickland is, a like, a really handsome... Weirdly, nothing extremely handsome. character, which is, yeah. like, the perfect thing to be. It's, yeah. like, it's what you said. It's the same old thing. It's, like, just replace him with the other one. It could be more handsome or not mm-hmm. like cool sword cool hair cool boat cool dudes okay mm-hmm. she doesn't care yeah she's not dialed into any of it she's not dialed into Kyburn's warning the scale of it and it's been like that for a long time and maybe we've been just lying to ourselves well even Kyburn is a little bit donezo yeah yeah it's That's gonna be far. it's gonna be interesting and, and we can talk we'll talk about this more over the next two weeks is if and when Winterfell doesn't pan out and the the white walkers march into king's landing Mm. all that kind of stuff what is it going to look like when cersei is thrown into the mix of what's truly going on and finally for the first time faced with what's actually happening and also is she pregnant i don't know i don't know (laughs) two very different but seemingly important questions it's hard to care about it right now i know that so hard to have more time to talk about it but it is hard to care about it so you don't care about it when you hear it when you when you're watching the episode you're just like yeah cool pregnancy thing is that what it is It just like to me it just doesn't matter the only thing that's interesting about cersei in this episode is sansa saying i can't believe that you believe her that she to Tyrion, that she's sending her 
troops north. Like, are you an idiot? Why would you think that she would do that? To me, that's the only thing that's interesting about that was so such Cersei. a like a interesting changing of the guard moment when she said, "I used to think that you were the cleverest man I knew," and when she when Sansa was talking to Tyrion, and then she said that about Cersei, and it was just like, I know that Tyrion's thought of that, but the way he said it to Sansa, someone that he knows is smart, he was like, "Oh." I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the fact that I'm even entertaining this in, yeah. a, in a non-objective way means that I'm behind Sansa in this. Yeah. And uh, it was only further, I guess, bolstered by the fact that Arya literally came out in this episode and said literally that Sansa was smart. I think so. That's the idea we're picking up on. We're supposed to think that Sansa is a little bit of a know-it-all, too. Yeah. That's what the, the John quip was about, right? Yeah. When he was like... Uh, yeah. She thinks she's smarter than everyone. Yeah, which she is. You didn't so. like that, though. <laughs> I think you scoffed when that happened. You're like, Sansa <laughs> is smarter than everyone. So I DGAF, what Jon Snow has to say. <laughs> um, talking about King's Landing, though, I want to ask you about yeah. Bronn. Uh, that's just so dirty to do that to me. I feel yes. like they're doing it to me. To you personally. <laughs> I'm being selfish right now, everyone. I've just been, had a really big soft spot for Bronn. He unexpectedly took out Vardis Egan in the Eerie, and I was like, what's the deal with this guy? Yeah. Why do I like him so much? Yeah. I think he's going to be important to me. He made friends with, with Tyrion in a big way. He made friends with Jamie in a big way. I, f- I feel like he can make friends with anyone in a big way. Mm-hmm. Plus, he is as brave as he says mm-hmm. in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's also pretty reckless. Remember that time he was on that ship on the way to Dorne? There was no reason to stab that grain or that bag of grains <laughs> yeah. and just let it run out so <laughs> haphazardly. I've done stuff like that when I was a little kid. When yeah. I was a little kid, I once painted a basement with paint <laughs> okay. that we found in a basement. Oh, cool. We painted everything. Sounds <laughs> That's a bad thing to do. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's not the kind of thing you want to do with someone else's belongings. That's the kind of guy Braun is as an adult. And in Westeros, that's kind of funny and entertaining. But giving him a a gilded Mm Lannister-built crossbow from Joffrey's wet dreams Mm -hmm. to assassinate Tyrion and Jaime, that's just just cold, man. Yeah. I don't even know if you had to do that. Yeah. That's just cold. Just write him off. Make him do something else. Yeah. You're playing with my heartstrings, guys. Yeah. Well, didn't he give an interview beforehand that people are going to be? I'm not reading those, man. Well, he, I, listeners can. I don't want the spoilers. I don't want the spoilers either. But I saw that. I mean, I don't. Yes. He like heavily was like, I don't think is like like the quote was like, I don't think you'll like Braun this season, right? Yeah. Wasn't that it? But this wasn't what I mean. But I guess I just wasn't. I don't. I didn't really give it a lot of thought because I Did you don't like it? to be influenced. No, no. I just saw the. I just saw the headline. The, the headline. The quote. Maybe because I don't like to be necessarily influenced by all that kind of stuff. That's just my own personality. But anyway, now that the season's on, all bets are off. But um, I yeah, Braun, in such a poetic way as he's told. You, we like to think that Bronn had some sort of like loyalty in him, or that like was all of it. something inside of him. Then what was it for, if not? Yeah, but I guess he's just a sellsword. Aren't we all? <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> it's that's what it seems like. It just it gets down to it, and that's one of the things that separates someone like John from someone like Danny. It seems, and that seems to be part of the message that Sam is trying to tell John. Would she do the same for you that you would right. for her? We see you. We all know what you do. Right. We all said we're going to follow the king in the north. For some reason, you are so disconnected from just how like flighty and, and 
grasping for any kind of foothold that they can get that everyone else says that you are dumb enough to let stupid people do dumb stuff to you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can lead us. Yeah. But Danny is very well aware of what you are, who you are, and how she can use you. And that's the story. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm very much looking forward to their dynamic playing out and how the North responds. Not remembers. The North responds. The North responds. (laughs) It's going to be interesting. And I I mean, I have been saying this before the season, and the thing I've been most excited about is all of this politics and interactions and humanness happening at Winterfell, and we're in the thick of it. And I'm looking forward to... Continuing to explore all these relationships again with Jamie being there. And I think that Jamie seeing Bran is probably harder for Jamie than it is for Bran. Obviously, because oh, Bran's yeah. the, I'm the three-eyed raven now. Oh, <laughs> oh. <yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, what would you do if you were him in that moment? Well, especially... Did it run through your head when you saw it, like what you would do? Well, think about who Jamie is now. Too, yeah, that's what know? I mean. Well, not only that, but like, what would you, what would, what would you do? He had to been slash. What do you think he wanted to do? Thinking about it for miles, he knows that this is coming. What you got to just run over there and get on your knees, right, in front of everyone, or is that is that too no. self serving? I think he like nods to him and like you just nod to the kid. Him. No, but like, what do you, what do you do? Something. I, I mean, guess we're gonna find you gotta, out. you gotta embarrass yourself. I'm not saying like for his for his gain. And then get on the get on his knees, little finger style. No, please. It, it's got to be something sincere. It's got to be something. It's that, going like, to be something sincere. Him, yeah, you think so? I hope so. Like, I truly hope so. And then it's like, Brand's not going to care at all. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, he's like, like I already saw you do it a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, like Jamie's gonna <laughs> really put himself out there, and Brand's gonna be like, I'm the three eyed raven oh, now. God. <laughs> wow. It's what we all deserve. Um, the last piece of this episode that we haven't really talked about is the Greyjoys. We were talking earlier about how uh, Theon might save her, but mm-hmm. we didn't think it was going to happen. It all happened so fast. Yeah, that was a pretty good extraction. I don't think that that's like a travel time issue. Eh, well, you no, I just... Skiff going it happens there. also yeah. fast in the sense of... I just... It, had happened all so fast. Right. So I don't know. No, you're right. <laughs> you know, I didn't necessarily. I don't have a problem with it. Um, Why? How many times do we got to see a Greyjoy like bolted at the end of another room, and another Greyjoy coming into that small narrow room and like looking yeah. and like it, yeah. like will they, won't they, True. like help each other? What, what, what is it? What is in that? Like, what is that? Well, I think that Yara and Theon have a really complicated relationship. I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm bought into the whole thing. I am too. No, I am too. And when they clasped their hands, it was like, let's do this. But I mean, you're right. Listen, I like it. If if that's the impression that you got, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to like figure out why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Because he left her to die of any time for them to have that reaction. He would go back and save her though. Because I was like, he's already failed. He's on his redemption vibe. He's trying to, he's going back to Winterfell. He's saving his sister. You said as they were saying goodbye to each other, this is the last time they're going to see each other. Yeah, which I think is probably. I think Theon is it's terms of well, in terms of like people who aren't going to make it. I think Theon's probably at the top of the list. Like he's got this tragic redemption arc, and he had that whole conversation with John, and he's made peace with the sister. And now, who else does he have to make peace with? Let's go north. He's got to kill his uncle, right? Make peace. Oh yeah, he's got to kill Yara. Maybe, maybe maybe she does. Or maybe Yara kills you. 
Yara kills Euron. Say that five times fast. <laughs> I don't know 2K if I 19. want Dion or Yara to do it now that I say that. It'll be probably a dragon. Because Euron's not going to go north, and I don't know if Theon's going to make it. Well, she was talking uh, in the ship about them protecting a different route if they were to fall back from Winterfell. Yeah. I wonder if that'll happen. Yeah. I like Theon, like, saving John or something, and, like, he, like him sacrificing himself to save one of the Stark kids, like, during the Battle of Winterfell. Hmm. That's my new vibe. Theon wants to Stark. Always a start. Oh my gosh, so much. Wait, we haven't talked about the reunion of John and Arya, really. Oh, we man. haven't gone into it. First off, man, y'all, if you're listening or if you ever do or if this ever gets to you, you two people did such a good job. Like, holy crap. Not only was all the pressure of the world I know. on your shoulders for that moment, but uh, I can only imagine what the significance that it must be in your own lives more so than any of our voyeuristic lives, like watching you guys go to work and act in a TV show, y'all just destroyed it. And I'm sure it must have been so satisfying. And you probably didn't get to see the result of it for so long. But man, like that had all of the potential just to let people down because it's so hard to match high expectations that you can see so clearly in your own head. And that's well, and Sansa and Arya kind of felt from a lot. Yeah, like Sansa and Arya felt kind of flat for us. Remember? Shrugs. But, man. Yeah, it was good. And it was so... I was like, so... this is the best heart tree moment ever. Uh, and I love that they had that moment at the end of the episode that we already talked about. And them talking about their swords. And John's like, that you still so have needle. That was so good. And we've talked... Ah. And that's my... I mean, that's my favorite passage in A Song of Ice and Fire. When Sansa... Or Arya John is... Snow's mo- smile? Yeah, John's needle was John Snow's, John Snow's smile. Like, <sighs> that's my favorite passage in A Song of Ice and Fire. And to have some sort of maybe in my own brain, call back to that when he's like, have you ever used needle? Yeah. <laughs> and Arya's like, once or twice. Uh, the two of them together. I just, yeah, no, it's, it met, it's peak. It met all it's my peak. expectations. Yeah, it did. And Arya defending Sansa in that moment. And she he says, I'm defending our family. So is she. And like, wait, he's, he says, I'm defending our family. No, she does. He was like something about Sansa, and she's like, "I'm defending our family." But then, then he, yeah. he gives her like a long, slow look, and then she, she says, says, "I'm your family," or something. No, he says, "I'm defending our family." Okay, and she says, Arya says, "So is she." Like, don't you right, forget that? Right. Like that. Wait, I wrote it down because I, I'm her. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, back it up. <laughs> Rewind, everybody. <laughs> I'm her Today family I'm too. She's defending our family. Do the voice. Do the voice. You, I can't. You can't do like an Arya R. says. Aya. No. Arya says she's defending our family. John says I'm her family too. Arya says don't forget that. So yeah. Arya tells John not to forget that they're family. It was so it was good. good, and I loved it, it so good. much. Oh man. Okay. I don't know if I came into this episode. I'm so hype on this episode. I don't remember how I felt at the beginning of season seven, but we've been talking over the past week or so about mm-hmm. season seven mm-hmm. and how like rewatching it, how to me, like there's just a lot of moments of season seven that didn't hit the mark. I'd rather watch season five. Okay. That's bold, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of pieces that didn't hit the mark. And so I think that I came into season eight with a lower expectations about what we're going to get this season is a victory lap for Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I 
have decided to enjoy that victory lap for what it is and to not like miss what things were like in season three and season four. And I feel pleasantly satisfied sitting here an hour after the episode aired Yeah, with what this episode looked like. I've really liked it too. I think that it was not the same old stuff that we've seen. It was, it was the same old places in a lot of ways, same old characters, but the way that they paced us through scenes and the way that stuff unfolded, like there was patience with the sneaking around with the guys at, yes. around Castle Black. That was not the same. It was not the same, like long, patient, drawn out sort of moves like they did again in, in an episode like Home when they were resurrecting Jon Snow. I think GOT is at some of its strongest points when they're not relying on all of this plot info dump yes. interactions between the characters. And unfortunately, season opers are, are usually rife for that. Season 7 was really built on that. Like, hey, this is a moment that we're all going to share. Let's talk about how important this is. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of that, I'm sure, in Game of Thrones because it's it's a, a very wordy book. Or, or sorry, series rather. And it's going to unfold in a way that you know, it's going to mimic the rest of the series. But I think that they really did find a new style in this new season. And I think that, like, I was trying to talk about it at the beginning of the episode, but I was really just overcome with the pressure of discussing <laughs> this episode without any notes or any kind of plan. And uh, the, uh, what my, I was just, when I said that it looked a little bit brighter, I was like, they, they balanced out a lot of, like, things mm-hmm. that I feel like they've had time to hone and sort of get closer to the point. And if this opening episode is any indicator of what we have to, what we have, what we can expect for the rest of the season, yeah. then it's going to be pretty good because look at the dragon flight. Like I I was a little untrustworthy <laughs> at first, but so was John. He yeah. was a little worried and the music was a little it's just John a little falling hopeful off and his happy. dragon's a little silly. It but... was a, it was a little crazy. Yeah. It was a little insane yeah, honestly. It was. But by the end it was it was next level Mm -hmm. and that's all i'm really looking for out here is something that's cool and uh hopefully that tells george r R. martin's story accurately i don't know if you want to talk about that we probably should the like string of articles that came out recently where really powerful people in media are flexing and using that power to gain access to who has written what has turned out to be the i would say one of the most influential works of fiction that we've had and the way it's permeated through culture. I, in my lifetime, I haven't seen anything outside like the Olympics become such such an event Mm -hmm. through so many different kinds of people that isn't, you know, something world event or uh, something safety related, you know, the way that it's just been something that we're all kind of like easily just watching a TV show together. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not the Super Bowl. It's not like a one-time thing. It's actually a six week long thing Uh, has been pretty cool. So he's a pretty hot, hot ticket right now and everyone wants to know the biggest exclusive on the other and everyone wants to know what that next book is like yeah and i feel like a lot of really powerful people or maybe just a few of them rather are asking george some pretty shitty questions yeah and he's in a really really particular and a really new he's no one's gone through what he's gone through right with with his work with in his this way. life's work yeah in this way and I think that we he's just like an example. So far, he's been an example of how to be a patient and good and gracious person. Yeah. And uh, I hope that he continues to 
just like weather the storm of his series being shown in a way like this. And a lot of people that don't really understand how important it is to him yeah. or important to the people that it is here, like the way that they sort of talk about it and uh, sort of just use that information as like the, the normal daily fluff, because that's the thing. Meanwhile, it's uh you know, a lot of this stuff means a lot to people. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen, he's had a couple interviews lately where, and this isn't necessarily new information, but it's just been brought up at, a very important time in season eight that how things end up on the show is how things are going to end in a song of ice and fire. I just felt like exactly like you're saying this last string of interviews with that it, I feel really bad for George R. R. Martin. And it's this very, like, I can only imagine what it feels like for him to watch John and Aria be reunited as somebody who's struggled so much with winds of winter and kind of his struggle with winds of winter has happened at, the height of his career and the height of Game of Thrones frenzy. And he's, you know, whatever he's gone through to get that book finished or not finished to see these very, these moments that he's envisioned and worked towards for so long. John riding a dragon, um, everybody converging at Winterfell, Jamie leaving Cersei, all this kinds of stuff. I, I feel for him. And I think that you and I are going to be the kind of people who are always going to rush to his defense because we are number one fans. And so it puts like a little bit of a somber and I don't want to put like a somber tone on any of this because we're so excited and having such a good time, but it's kind of, it's hard to not think about him and bring to the forefront what this must be like for him in a way that we haven't talked about in a while. Because the last time we talked about this was in season six and the end felt so far off at that point. Season seven? Well, no, because in season oh, six. Oh, yeah, because that's about yeah. book well, content. Yeah, well, and as we diverge from book content, and the first time we found that David and Dan got those main beat points, those big highlights, yeah, yeah. was back then. So, yeah, I mean, not to put a... I don't think it has to be a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know. It could be really cool because, like, whose fa- epic fantasy series, which of which there are so many amazing ones, who gets this kind of permeation, not only just through the culture and, like, how exciting that is for the hell of it, but a guarantee that it will live on in such an interesting way and have been a part of the zeitgeist in such an interesting way. No one gets to go through that. Right. I don't even know if JK Rowling got to it at this particular scale or if or it, in this, in this way. particular way. No. Well, and I, so I agree with you Yeah. as like a fan and I've always felt that way, but it's just something about the tone of, of him talking about this in this last round of interviews that may be like, see it from maybe he's seeing it from another way because i 100 really? percent agree with you in the sense of i kind of love that we've got these it's two, so cool we've got these two mediums to play with and we're having a blast yeah doing it. and so it's interesting for us but just his tone just made me feel like i don't know seeing it in his perspective in a way that i haven't since i since i first realized that the show was going to start to outpace right the book series do you think that five. that's why he's he was less than enthusiastic or was just my my take was it was the manner of just how it was just part of the cycle and like but also everyone just felt like entitled to like i saw like the 60 minutes headline was like (laughs) yeah was like it was just kind of like had the tone of all of your opinions about game of thrones like i know that we don't talk about it all the time but are useless like we're 60 minutes and we talked to george r R. martin and we asked him straight up is this the same ending as his books like we cut through the bullshit and got the answer well and it's just it's played out like this idea of george r R. martin hasn't written winds of winter blah blah blah. to me that's so played out like it's like okay we get it we've moved on like this isn't 2016 2015 like 
we get it kind of thing. I don't know. So. I know. He's writing a big, long, and complicated book. I know that like we want it to come out. And but, maybe it um, never comes whatever. out. And it is what it is. I think it's going to come out. I don't understand that. You know what of I mean? course it's going to come out. But but if it doesn't, like it is what it is. Right. You know, like just let the man live. Yep. So anyway, should we talk about our owns? Yes. Of season yes, eight, let's episode do that. one. Let's do that. Um, I'm going to give my own. I, I was thinking. Drum roll. Listen, I was I knew it was kind of silly because there's a lot of like pretty important stuff that happened in this episode. But uh, the only thing that made me think I'm going to give this an own was when they were uh, at the very end of the episode, they were sneaking around in the dark and the bear burst his sore open and a dollar said was like, you know, like get him or whatever. His eyes are blue. And he's like, Tormund goes, <laughs> my eyes have always been blue. <laughs> we laughed out Holy loud. Holy garbage that cans. That's piece. funny. We laughed out loud. That was so funny. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the title of the episode. Winterfell. Is that what it's called? Yeah, because we clicked way too fast before the title of the episode was up. Yeah, it said like 801 or something like that. Yeah, it's called Winterfell. Um, okay, that uh, that moment made me laugh out loud. It was really funny. Um, I'm going to give my own to Sansa and Tyrion talking at Winterfell when... Um, Tyrion goes, the last time we spoke was at Joffrey's wedding, miserable affair. And Sansa goes, it had its moments. <laughs> and they talked about, he he talks about how many underestimated you, most of them are dead now, and Ooh. how they both survived. And um, Interesting. So I, You're I in the great that. game now. Yeah, so Cute my own to that. Nice. All right. Nice. I cannot stop. I'm just like sitting here smiling like an idiot. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat some pizza and watch that episode again, again. Right after we're done recording this. Thanks to everyone who sent in your owns on our Twitter account, on our Instagram account, on our Facebook account, which we've resurrected recently to collect your owns. Back from the dead. What is dead may never die. What is dead may never die. You have to repeat it if someone says it. That's the rule from now on, but definitely through this final <laughs> season at your watch parties or at home by yourself even. It gets more fun when you're by yourself, honestly, because then you're like, why am I doing this? Anyway, so thanks for sending those in. On our next episode this week, which will come out Thursday, we're going to be going through those owns. And talking more about this episode after giving it more thoughts. We're not going to be in person for that episode, but we are going to be watching the episode together each week. Yeah. And recording like this each week, which we're really excited to do. We've never done for the podcast before. No. Uh, We've only done it once. No, maybe twice. But never for the episodes in in season. season. Yeah. We've only done it like once or twice. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, like Zach was saying, at Game of Owns, Twitter at Game of Owns, Instagram at Game of Owns, um, or you can follow us, or sorry, you can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com. Also, you should get a t-shirt. We have two available. They're at gameofowns.com slash shirts. There's two designs. One says 2K19 and the other has dragons. And dire wolves, and I feel like right now it's more relevant than ever. And shout Not out like to our it's friend, ever unrelevant, but shout out to our friend Riley who designed those. So you can go check those she out. Designed one of them. Designed one of, she them. Designed one of them. But still, shout out to Riley. Shout out to Riley. So, all right, everybody, I'm so <laughs> excited to later this week get into yeah. theories to start talking about that trailer for next week's episode, all that good stuff. So come hang out with us on social media, and let's do this season eight. Tell your father I'm here. Goodbye. And before we leave, 
One more shout out for our favorite smart speaker. The experts at Sonos meticulously design every speaker from the inside out, working with renowned producers, mixers, and artists to ensure an immersive listening experience and a brilliant room-filling sound. The Sonos Home Theater works with all your streaming services and even includes speech enhancement mode to clarify the sound of the human voice during loud explosions and people dying. Go to Sonos.com to order your sound system today. That's S-O-N-O-S dot com. Thanks, everyone.